0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Rylan Rogers. I'm the Disability Policy Advisor for Microsoft. I'm really thrilled to be with you this afternoon. Our partnership with ACB is really critical to the work that we do, and we need and really benefit from um, your feedback, your questions, and your needs in terms of driving innovation forward. I'm excited that today we're gonna dive into a conversation where you'll get to hear from the engineering team's working on a variety of products to tell you what's new and suggested ways of using some of our tools in the in your life, in areas of work and in areas of fun and, and play. So we'll dive into that conversation today and have some time for our questions at the end. Again, really pleased to be with you today. I will also be in person in Chicago next week. So looking forward to seeing um, many of you in person. And if you're there, would love to connect um, and say hello. I'm going to pass it to Travis to give us a few more directions.
0: All right. I am going to give out the continuing education codes for the beginning of the meeting. These are five. Digit codes. I'm going to give one at the beginning and one at the end. I will repeat this twice and only twice. Give you a moment here if anybody needs to find something to write with. It is five four. Uh, let me say that again. Five four 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 zero. Again, that's five four 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 zero. All right, back to you, Ryland.
2: Excellent, and I'm
1: going to pass it, um, I think, to um, somebody who's going to start the video and share screen so that we can hear from our engineering teams. Hello, and welcome
3: to the Microsoft Accessibility Tool Features for Live, Work, and Play session. I'm Lori Allen, and I'm an accessibility technology evangelist at Microsoft. I work with our customers and partners to support them along their accessibility journey across three horizons, adopt, build and innovate. It starts with adopting accessible technology into their environments to create a more inclusive workplace. We then think about how they can add accessibility into their own products for their customers. And finally, we work together to create new and innovative products and features for people with disabilities. While these horizons are supported by technology, they really center around people, leveraging and building technology to make the world more equitable for people with disabilities. It's an honor to be with you today to talk about accessibility and to be a small part of your big event. Today, I'll introduce you to four brilliant engineers that are actively working to continually make our products more accessible. We've introduced some great accessibility features over the past year with more to come. We focus on building accessibility into our product designs from the beginning across our product portfolio because at Microsoft, we believe that accessibility is a fundamental right. But we can't do this alone. It's going to take organizations like ACB and Microsoft working together to bridge the disability divide. We recognize that the pandemic has increased the disparity between people with disabilities and those without disabilities. Because these inequities still exist, We will keep pushing the boundaries of what accessibility can do to create a truly equitable society so how are we going to do that we're going to approach it across four key pillars first is technology which is at the core of everything we do second is through people by bringing that diverse perspective into our product designs third through partnerships by scaling through our customers and partners to create innovative solutions. And fourth, through policy, where we advocate for policies that advance accessibility as a fundamental right. The first person I'd like to introduce you to to today is Manish. I had a chance to sit down with him last week and have a conversation about what he's doing in Windows 11. Hi Manish, thank you for joining me to talk about Windows 11. But before we get started, can you introduce yourself?
2: Hi,
4: um, I'm Manish Agarwal. I am a senior product manager in the Windows Empower team, um, and I work on Narrator. Narrator is a screen reader that is built into Windows. Um, I am blind, and I use a screen reader myself. How long long have you been
3: at Microsoft?
4: Uh, I've been at Microsoft for about five years now. Um, I used to drive accessibility in Microsoft as an enterprise. So for all the applications within Microsoft, used within Microsoft by employees. Um, And now I'm a part of the narrator team.
3: That's great, Manish, thank you. So tell us uh, what new accessibility features are built into Windows 11.
4: Last year we released a lot of features to make Windows 11 um, even more accessible. Some of them included, Uh, We launched the new immersive focus mode. Uh, We added new live captions feature. Uh, We added um, voice access in preview. And we also added uh, natural voices in English in narrator. Last year. this year we've taken that forward and um, and continued to build on some of these features. So voice access is now out of preview. It um, can be used. Um, we um, have made a lot of improvements to uh, based on user feedback to how Narrator works in a browser and with Braille. Um, those two you can get when you get the latest version of windows today uh, if you are in the windows insider program we are experimenting with uh, some new natural language new natural voices with narrator um, you know in other languages and also in windows insider we are experimenting with improvements to narrator in excel using a new extensions platform And i can talk more about that
2: as well
3: great so what are some of the improvements we've seen to support braille
2: so there are two
4: things that we um improved in narrator support for braille the first was a a problem where uh, we fixed this problem where narrate narrator um would work well with braille but it would prevent other screen readers or other screen readers would stop working when switching between narrator and a different screen reader um and braille so that has been fixed and narrator and other third-party screen readers can be used seamlessly uh can be switched seamlessly and braille will continue to work Um, The second improvement we've made to Braille is uh, the support for new BRLTTY and LibLuis libraries which add new input and output languages to Braille and also some new um, Braille devices. There are three new made designed for service Braille devices from HumanWare and some others. Uh, many others actually which will be now
2: supported in narrator
3: that's great
2: so why invest in natural languages when we release the natural
4: languages uh, the natural voices um in uh, in english um, we got a lot of good feedback from our users um they really like these languages for reading long form content and for web browsing the one consistent demand or ask from our users was for getting these voices in languages other than english also
2: mm-hmm.
4: so if you are a part of the windows insider program um we are experimenting with two new languages chinese and spanish and you can get natural languages for these two, uh, natu- new natural voices for these two languages. Um, so give, give them a try. Um, what is more important is in the Windows Insider program, we are also experimenting with a new platform for delivering these um, new voices to users, um, which will enable us to ship these new languages or new voices to our end users um, directly rather than waiting for the next Windows release. So both of those are in the Windows Insider program and you can try those.
3: That's excellent. Those are going to be really great. Um, So tell us what you're working on in Narrator Extensions and Narrator in Excel. So narrate uh,
4: so with narrator and excel what we are experimenting with is how a user can read the grid in excel that is the most common activity in a spreadsheet um you have a table of content um uh, we had feedback from users uh, of narrator that it you know the the way narrator reads content in excel was very verbose and hard to use um we have been experimenting with changes that will make reading in excel extremely responsive and snappy uh, for our users Uh, these changes are present in the windows insider program again um these are experimental changes we are trying to learn what are uh, what is the best way for a user to get that information? What are some of the um, uh, some of the flexibility that our users need uh, when y- reading this this content? Uh, again, for extensions, we are also experimenting with a platform that will help us deliver these extensions to users through the Microsoft Store. Um, rather than as a part of a Windows release. So we are essentially experimenting with several ways of delivering improvements in Excel and other applications to our users. Um, all of these changes are in the Windows Insider program. Again, um, we the most important thing for us is to not just make these available to users, but also to get as much f- feedback um as we can so from our users so that we can uh, make the required improvements um it's super easy to to give feedback just press the windows key and f um that will bring up the feedback center um select accessibility as the option and put your thoughts in Um, Try the Windows Insider program um, to, to see all of these changes in narrator and braille. Oh, sorry, narrator and natural languages.
3: Mm-hmm. The
4: braille changes are already available uh, in the Windows release version.
3: That's fantastic, Manish. I'm so excited to hear about all of these great features that are coming out. Um, and I appreciate you spending some time with us today to tell us all about them and for letting everyone know how to provide feedback. So, thanks so much, Manish.
2: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Great information from Manish. Windows 11 is the most accessible version of Windows we've shipped. And I think that speaks to the work engineers like Manish are doing to prioritize accessibility into our products from the beginning. However, there's still opportunities. We recognize the impact these features have on people. Our second pillar, people, is all about that. We want to have a positive impact on the unemployment rate for people with disabilities. We want to see more blind people in the workplace with competitive integrated employment. And we think that Windows 11 can help us to get there. In addition to an accessible OS, you need apps that work for you. You need apps that allow you to create, consume, and communicate with a high level of productivity and efficiency, and you should be delighted with the experience. Let's meet Brett Humphrey. Brett knows ACB well, and he's excited to share what he's been working on. Hi, Brett. I can't wait to hear what you're working on, but first tell us a little bit about yourself.
5: My name is Brett Humphrey. I'm the principal product manager on Teams and I help focus on the accessibility uh, direction for Teams All Up. I've been on the team now for about a little over two and a half years and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun.
3: Awesome. So tell us some things you're doing to improve Teams usability.
5: Well, there's been clear feedback, particularly from the blind, low vision and keyboarding community that, that Teams really needs to continue to improve usability. And uh, we've done quite a few interesting things over the last couple of years. And one, we went back to our design process, and we're like, how do we really focus on the right design and what are design principles? And uh, so we're looking at three really core design principles that something be efficient, uh, predictable, and understandable. And so looking at those three, we've really tried to look at how do we make feeds, uh, the activity feed chats, and the team slash channels. Um the team slash channels all look and feel very consistent when you use the keyboarding. Um, we spent some deep dive with a few specific uh users. We did a detailed analysis of just tabs and how long it takes to get through things. So we spent a lot of time really trying to make it feel more consistent. And not just consistent in Teams, but consistent to applications you're familiar with, like uh, say Outlook on the desktop and so forth. So yeah, a lot of work just over the last couple of years, really trying to make things much more efficient and consistent for these users.
3: That's great. So so stepping back, you you touched on it a little bit, but stepping back, what is the process that you use to capture community feedback and then get that feedback into the product roadmap?
5: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, We first of all, we do work with our enterprise disability answer desk. We take a lot of feedback, we work with a lot of customers. Um, Worked with quite a few external customers, both in the U.S. and worldwide, to get consistent feedback. Uh, Secondly, we just hear a lot of feedback from the community. Folks such as yourselves that may be listening today uh, give feedback. Uh, Three, we've got an internal group of users at Microsoft to give us plenty of feedback. Um, Four, we've got a a narrator advisory board, which also uh, occasionally gives us feedback as well. So it comes from a variety of sources, and it's just ongoing uh, and consistent engagement. And then uh, another area where we spent some time is with our user research team and bringing people in specifically to look at uh, how certain workflows work and how people feel about the workflows. So we kind Mm -hmm. of collect all of that and distill it down to, hey, what are the top challenges that we see? And really, our goal as we continue to go forward is to really take all of these learnings and really adjust from the design level forward. We think that's critical. Um, so some of the changes that people want are are arriving in the upcoming version of Teams and what's called the new Teams. Uh, and then of course, we'll continue to want feedback because it's we're not done improving. So, you know, please please keep feedback coming.
3: Um, so that triggers another question for me. Can you talk a little bit about Microsoft's approach to building accessibility in from the beginning where we build it in and not bolt it on?
5: Yeah, it's it, it's such a unique challenge because um, there's two things. There's very few products that are starting from the beginning. And so it's where and when do you uh, insert this work? So it is really about how do we engineer forward while uh, the balance and, and also, you know, helping fix what, what's in market today. And so from our point of view on the on the team side, really the usability feedback was so clear. We wanted to take this time where we were transitioning to this new version of Teams to really start from the user research to get the data, our feedback. And then again, as I noted earlier about our design principles of being efficient, uh, predictable and understandable. I think those things are mm-hmm. critical, not just for those folks with disabilities, but for any user. And so, Uh, As the new Teams rolls out, we'll continue to talk about how we believe we've made it more usable, how we believe we've made it more uh, understandable. Um, Let me just give a a couple of simple uh, examples. Um, We're trying to make the keyboarding feel consistent between the activity feeds, chats and channels. We went with an approach that feels closer to the Outlook desktop, so it's something that you're used to. Uh, we've really tried to make it much more understandable by removing extra information. Teams tells you a lot more information than you need as a screen reader user, so we've started to trim some of that out. We've really drilled into the fine details as well uh, where we can, uh, for example, if you at mention some, somebody, it might be at mention Brett Humphrey and you want to delete Humphrey, you'll hear that Humphrey is deleted when you backspace now. Um, when you're in the channels post now, you'll hear whether there's new posts or new replies. So we're really trying to take a holistic approach about making sure that you can be efficient when you're using it, not just with the keyboard, but in what you're hearing it and when you're hearing it. So, and that just all stems from the user research and feedback through our design uh, work that we've been doing to hopefully what will be coming out and we'll again continue to kind of repeat that cycle as we go forward. Awesome.
3: Looking forward to the new teams. Yeah. So how can I as a user give feedback?
5: Well, there's lots of channels to get feedback. Uh, I always really appreciate the relationship that Teams has with our Disability Answer Desk and the Enterprise Disability Answer Desk. Um, there's a few reasons uh, for that. One, they really help aggregate a holistic view from across the world. So whether uh, it's a major corporation to an individual that calls, they collect that data in a holistic way and work with us and go, hey, here's the top feedback that's coming in. So it really helps us direct um, our continued the research use research effort what we were looking at over the course of time to fix and so forth. so definitely that's a primary place to get feedback and the other areas to give feedback are just through the tool itself to give feedback uh forms and then if you're working with your organizations if you're in a larger organization um working with them to also collect feedback
3: excellent fantastic so what's your focus for teams over the next year
5: focus for teams is Really, to continue to help you be more efficient at work. Uh, Simply put, it's been clear feedback that it is not as easy to use as people would like. And we want to really work on allowing you to be as efficient as anybody else who uses Teams. Mm. So we've taken some initial steps in the new Teams that's coming out. Again, we know there's more work to do, but uh, we're looking forward to the feedback and continuing to get better.
3: Excellent well thank you for all the great information on teams i'm very much looking forward to new teams coming out and then as you heard we value your feedback so please keep it coming and also be sure to check out the acb media channel interview with crystal jones from the disability answer desk
5: awesome well thank you for having me here today i really appreciate it and i wish you all a great rest of the acb conference
3: in thinking about our third pillar partnership I reached out to Ryan Shugart from our cloud and AI team to chat about how we work with organizations like ACB to invent the future of accessibility. One example is the work we're doing with Be My Eyes to integrate AI into our Disability Answer Desk experience. Let's head over to the expert to hear more. Hi, Ryan. We're all anxious to hear about the exciting world of AI, but let's start with an intro.
6: Hi Lori, thank you for uh, allowing me to speak to you all today. My name is Ryan Sugart, and I am a subject matter expert on the cloud NAI AI accessibility team at Microsoft. Uh, my team handles accessibility for a lot of the products that are used by developers as well as used by people in the workplace, such as Visual Studio, Azure, and even some of our business applications. I'm really happy to be here and to talk to you all today.
3: Thanks, Ryan. So for all of our developers in the audience, tell us about some of the accessibility features that are available in our developer tools.
6: Absolutely. Visual Studio is one of the most accessible development environments out there, and that has recently only gotten better. We have good support for the major screen readers out there. And we have also introduced some features such as audio cues to allow you to know when, for example, a build process has started, when it has finished. We even will do things like letting you know if there is a breakpoint on a line and if there is an error on a line that has been found. It's all through different sounds. Uh, also Many of these features are also available in VS Code, which is our lightweight text editor for people who do not need a fully featured IDE. In addition, not only do we want to make sure our tools are accessible, we want to make sure that the applications that are built with these tools are just as accessible. For example, in the latest version of Visual Studio, we are now testing an accessibility checker which for some types of desktop apps written in certain frameworks, will run an embedded version of our accessibility insights tool, which I will talk about later, that will actually check to see if there are any accessibility issues found before the tool even finishes the build process. So therefore, your teams can check and make sure that the output that is being generated is just as accessible.
3: That's fantastic and so valuable to all developers. So moving Absolutely. on, we've all heard about uh, the new generative AI based um, tools coming out from Microsoft and from other tech companies. How can developers leverage these technologies to build their own tools and features?
6: I'm so glad you asked, Lori. Uh We have a new um, product that is coming out. I believe it is in public preview now called the Open AI Studio. This is a tool that surfaces ChatGPT, as well as several other large language models, as well as some other AI capabilities to allow people to build their own chatbots to use in customer service or other settings. So you can build a chatbot with the power of ChatGPT, but customized to your own needs as an organization and our Azure AI Studio lets you go through and build that, put all the the pieces together, construct your own prompts, import your own data. We have been working extremely closely with the OpenAI Studio team to ensure that this product is accessible out of the box. And while it is not perfect today, we're still fixing a few final issues before it it goes GA, We believe by the time it goes to GA, it will be a very, very good experience. There's a lot of commitment from that team and a lot of uh, willingness to do what it takes to make sure that everyone, including people with visual impairments, can participate in this new AI revolution that we're all a part of, not just in using these tools, but in creating them as well.
3: That's fantastic. I know I'm very excited about it. I think we're all very excited to see how the innovations that will come out of this technology. What yes. new career paths do you see coming out of this?
6: So one of the newer career paths that's just literally been a thing in the past few months is prompt engineering. And this is where someone behind the scenes tells the AI what it should and shouldn't do, for example, when should it say it doesn't know something? What kind of tone should it take with the person? A lot of these are things that someone using the public version of say chat GPT doesn't have access to, but there's someone behind the scenes who's building these prompts. And basically it's, it's a mixture of computer programming and psychology in a way, because you're building the personality of the bot. Now, a lot of this is done through just text, just building up sentences and and system prompts that govern the AI. And there is no reason that a blind or visually impaired person with the right tools could not fully embrace this career path. And it's one that we are working really hard to make sure that our OpenAI studio allows people to do.
3: That's great. Tell us about the testing tools that we all have access to today to test for accessibility.
7: Sure.
6: So my team also is responsible for the Accessibility Insights tool that Microsoft produces. This is a tool that is both a browser extension as well as a Windows application that runs on a Windows machine. It will scan a desktop application to make sure that it is compliant with various uh 508 and uh, where appropriate wcag standards the browser plugin is something any web developer can use uh they can run it against a the website they can run a, a, a what's called a fast pass which is a combination of an automated set of checks as well as tab stops so they can go through and see where the tab key will take them make sure it's where they want to go And then there's also a a set of what's called needs review checks, where basically some questions that the developer is asked, is this appropriate for this site where the tool can't maybe make an automated decision, but it's things the developer needs to know and think about before they go through and and sign off on the accessibility of the site. In addition, if the developer wishes to, they can go through a complete manual review process. This is definitely a lot more time consuming than just the automated fast pass but they can go through a full manual review and check against most wicked criteria and the tool will guide them through it will tell them what to look for what uh, even in some cases what a good fix would be like and using that they can make their websites mostly compliant and i say mostly because accessibility insights along with any accessibility tool out there will not check for every single compliance violation. And as I'm sure we all know, just because a site is compliant doesn't necessarily mean that it is a joy to use with a screen reader or any assistive technology. But running accessibility insights will be a start to getting you down that path.
3: Excellent, excellent. So Ryan, what are some of the tools coming out to make developers more efficient?
4: Well, Laurie, I'm so glad you
6: asked that. Uh, As I'm sure you know, Microsoft is always trying to increase the productivity of all developers out there to make sure that they can make better applications for everybody. And one of the things that has come up recently is, uh, especially as we have all been working from home more or working even way remote from our offices more, is that it's been more difficult to access good dev machines to work on because many times a developer needs a more high-end machine to run their tests and run their builds on then they need to say check their email or chat with someone on teams or something like that. So Microsoft has released, and it's in public preview today, a product called DevBox. And if you're familiar with Windows 365, this is basically a developer version of that. Windows 365 is is a PC in the cloud. It's a cloud machine that people can use to get their work done. And DevBox extends this to developers. While this is a tool that's available to any developer out there, um, I want to assure you all that this tool has been tested and does work with JAWS and with the NVDA remote access plugin that is currently being developed by the community this works just like any other rdp session and it is possible to load assistive technology onto a dev box and work with it just as you would in any remote session this is something that our own developers are doing uh daily and are being very successful with so accessibility was thought through uh, when building this tool the portal you use to create these dev boxes was also tested and worked alongside our team to build this portal out. And so it's going to be a good experience for everybody to be able to use and build out these dev boxes.
3: I love the flexibility that that gives to developers.
6: Absolutely, especially in these days of remote work and such.
3: Right, right. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and telling us about all of these great features that are coming out. And we really look forward to seeing what happens, especially with generative AI over the next few months. So thanks Absolutely. so much, Ryan. Thank you. A blind developer is not going to create inaccessible products. So if we get more developers who are blind creating products using accessible developer tools like Visual Studio and VS Code, that has a flywheel effect to accelerate accessibility. We'd love to hear about some of the things you're doing out there to make products accessible. Last up is policy. We've learned a lot from organizations like ACB about the importance of and the need for societal change to create a more equitable experience for all members of our communities. High on our list is economic equity. We continue to advocate for policies that advance accessibility as a fundamental right. Policies and legislation which must include the voice of disability will define whether our society has a more equitable future. Speaking of the future, Sakib is no stranger to the ACB community. He's helped pave the way for what AI can do to empower people with disabilities. Let's check out the conversation I had with Sakib. Hi, Sakib. I know you're working on some really great features that we're going to talk about, but for those who don't know you, can you please introduce yourself?
7: Hi, yes, I'm Sakib Sheikh. I lead the Seeing AI team here at Microsoft. We're looking at different ways to bring emerging technologies like artificial intelligence and augmented reality to empower people who are blind or have low vision. And if people haven't tried the iOS app, Seeing AI, you can go and get it. But we think of it like a talking camera. You can point it at things and it'll read things to you, uh, recognize people and objects, help you go through your photo library and a lot more.
3: So, so tell us a little bit more about that. So for the, someone who's never heard of the Seeing AI app, can you give a, a more in-depth overview of the features that it has? And then we can move more into the you know, what's come out over the past year.
7: Yeah, okay, so it's been around for a few years now. As I said, it runs on iOS devices. And it really, some people have called it, you know, a Swiss army knife of, vision assistance. It's using the camera so you have to point the phone at different objects and you select different channels like channels on a tv or channels of information. So you might choose to be reading short text where it's going to read things to you right away or to scan a document and it will help you find the edges of the paper and line it up for more detailed reading. And You might choose to use our scene channel which will help you describe a photo you take or one that's already in your photo gallery and there is about i guess nine channels now um and i can go into those but again you should get the app you should uh, try it out and as ever let us know what you think because even though what we make is the app, what I really see our teams work as is a bit of a conversation between the blind community and the scientists at Microsoft. So sometimes I feel like a kid in a candy store, I can go and talk to the scientists around Microsoft working on the very cutting edge of technology, but then really want to talk to this community to hear what other daily challenges you face and to try and think, okay, What are the experiences we can bring to bear that can be helpful in people's everyday lives?
3: That's great, Sykeet. It's such a great tool. And I love the point you made about how it will help guide you uh, to capture the image um, correctly, because I would imagine it's very difficult. For example, if you're trying to identify a piece of currency, it's difficult to line the image up on the app. So it's great that it guides you and helps you do that.
7: Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise when we first started the project, um, you know, all those years ago. And what we quickly found is, you know, you think about, you know, the technology, the artificial intelligence, but more, at least half the challenge, if not more, is finding the right user experience for an eyes-free user interface. So if you can't see the thing you're going to be taking a picture of, how do we help you line up the uh line up the phone correctly how do we teach people about positioning the camera and you know if it's not a perfect image how do we make the technology cope with those imperfect images so it's good you brought that up because that is actually a significant chunk of where our research went especially in those early days when this technology was so new
3: mm-hmm. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about what's come out over the past year?
7: Yeah, um, team's been busy as ever. We've had um, a number of small improvements which were requested by users and you know enabled by the new technology. For example, we've improved the accuracy of the text recognition and barcode scanning. Um, the AI that powers the image descriptions is getting really good now and so on the scene channel or browsing photos you'll get those better descriptions now. Also the formatting we recognize for documents so you know just across the board the quality of the results you're getting keeps getting better. That's great. But then we had one big feature which is indoor navigation which is building on the world channel our audio augmented reality experience so the world channel has been out for a little while since 4.0 and what that really enables is someone wearing stereo headphones even if they're bone conducting to so that they're not covering your ears but you can get a spatial summary of the objects being recognised around you, which can be really helpful when you're exploring an unfamiliar environment. This is really quite cutting edge technology, we're still sort of working on, you know, the exact experiences and so, as ever, the feedback is much, much welcome. But with the World Channel, people have said, it's like seeing with your ears, which I thought was a very funny way to put it, but really, You can hear the objects coming from the location in the room so the word chair coming from the chair or the word door coming from the door and you can place beacons on things so the phone is in a sense using i should say that part of it is only available if you have a device with a lidar but regardless of whether you have a lidar the next step of this was what if we can get someone else to help you place information in the room. So we're kind of providing a layer of accessibility information into this world channel, into the system's understanding of the world. So someone that you're walking with or someone even a different time and place can record a route from A to B. They will start recording and start walking and it will lay down what you might think of as a trail of breadcrumbs or audio waypoints they can message you that file if it's on a different device and now you can hear the location of the first waypoint in the route walk towards it and keep going so that one by one you'll follow those waypoints along the previously recorded route and like the rest of the world channel it's really augmenting the room the the environment you're in with this additional information to make it more accessible this is again early work we really want to hear what's working for you what would you like to change and it's you know something that we are going to keep going with over the upcoming months and even years and we do have a little tutorial that um goes into a lot more detail about how it works because this is the kind of experience that is quite hard to put into words and you need to hear for yourself so if we have a moment we can probably play that now
3: that sounds great Saki. i think that would be very useful it's fascinating technology with so many great um implications and applications so i think uh showing the tutorial will be very valuable.
7: The Seeing AI World channel provides an audio augmented reality experience to enable you to understand and explore your environment. You'll be able to hear people and things in the room announced from their 3D position. For example, the word chair coming from the chair. This requires that you wear headphones. If you're using headphones which support spatial audio, we can keep the sound coming from the correct location regardless of which way you're looking but make sure to choose headphones which do not block out external sounds. As they pan the phone around the room, I hear objects being announced as they come into view. Because I'm wearing headphones, I hear the sounds coming from their 3D location. Person. We just heard Seeing AI say person, so I know there's someone over to the right. Wouldn't it be cool if Seeing AI had actually identified who it was rather than saying the word person? I can now ask Rita to take three selfies to teach Seeing AI to recognise her, and when Rita is recognised, we'll hear how her name is now spoken. Rita. Let's take a quick look at the Filters button. Filters. We can select to have people or objects announced. We can also choose to have proximity reported. If I turn this on, on. I will feel my phone vibrate. As things are closer, the vibration gets more intense, and if I point it, say, at the door, Suddenly, when I come across the opening, it gets much fainter. Let's take a look at placing a beacon. Let's go over to the Actions menu. Place Beacon. This shows me a list of everything that's been detected in the room so far. I'm going to select the door. I hear a beacon sound in my headphones, and visually, we see an arrow pointing towards the door and a label showing the distance. Three meters. As I move towards the door, the distance goes down, and I can hear the beacon getting louder. And as we reach the door, we hear this nice little success sound to indicate we reached there, and sure enough, we could walk straight through the door without touching the site. Indoor navigation is an exciting new feature which allows one person to lay down a trail of virtual waypoints. Someone can then follow the route later on by following the audio cues. While it is absolutely possible for someone who's blind to create the route, in this case, we're going to get a sighted colleague to do this.
8: Let's create the starting point. We're going to turn around to show Seeing AI the location from all angles to make it easier to find it later.
0: 100% completed.
8: We can enter a name for the starting point.
0: Now walk to the destination and tap End route.
8: As I walk, Seeing AI is creating waypoints every couple of meters. As you can hear from that sound and the ticks on the right. Now that I've reached the coffee bar, I'm going to tap Stop and enter a name for the destination. Now, I'm going to share the route. The route will be sent as a file attachment.
0: Messages. Send message.
7: Ah, we just got a message. That must be the route. Seeing AI has been opened, and the route has been imported. I'm going to select to go straight to window navigation so I can try it out.
0: Loading route.
7: Now we hear a sound coming from the first waypoint and visually a series of balls stretching out along the route. Let's walk towards the sound. And that pop indicates we've hit the first waypoint. Let's keep going. There's another one.
2: And another. And let's keep going.
7: That success sound indicates we've reached our destination. And here we are at the coffee bar. So that's a brief overview of the World Channel and the idea of Audio Augmented Reality. Seeing AI observes the world around you and recognises things in 3D. It provides a variety of tools such as placing a beacon to help you interact with the world. This is really early technology and we invite all feedback from the community. We want to know how you use this and how we can make it better.
3: Can you uh, anything else you can share with us about what's coming next?
7: Well, before next, let's um, touch on one other area of work we've been doing this past year since we were last at um, convention, which is product recognition. So we have been partnering with um, a couple of large manufacturers, including Haleon and Unilever, on different forms of product recognition. So Seeing AI has been able to recognize tens of millions of products based on the barcode since we launched about, I think six years ago now, 2017. And while we hear that's very useful, you don't always get the full information. So it tells you what the product is, but then You tap more info, and the amount of information we can give you really depends on what we can get from the internet or the manufacturer. By working with these manufacturers, we partnered with Halion to give much, much richer information about their products, and we hope to scale it out to other manufacturers in the future. The other partnership, as I mentioned, Unilever, they've actually been working to put a new type of QR code on their packs. So it's not a normal QR code, it's one that's been enhanced with a certain pattern which apps like Seeing AI can pick up. So we partnered with them to make this happen. And on some packs currently only in the UK, you can now scan that um QR code from further away than a barcode. It's much quicker to scan. you can scan it from further away. And again, you're getting much richer information coming straight from the manufacturer. So again, it's something we're going to scale to more companies, but excited to see where that goes in the future.
3: I love to hear about these innovations, and I look forward to hearing more of them over the next year. So anything else you can share about what's coming next?
7: Well, what's coming next? Um, Yeah, I think I can let you into a few things. Um, So the first thing we've been hearing about, loud and clear, is that people want this to come to Android. And I'm happy to say that the team is working on an Android version of Seeing AI, which we hope to be launching later this summer. If you want to be added to Um, our queue for the beta program then you can send an email us seeingai at microsoft.com and yeah that that's something we've definitely heard from you. The other one is around image descriptions so again coming later this summer we're working on some really exciting new technologies to describe images and let you query images so right now we have pretty good AI that will describe what's in a photo in a single sentence but what if you want to get more information more details on particular aspects or just more details so can't say too much more about that just now but that's coming later this summer and again we're looking for Uh, beta testers who'd be willing to spend some time talking to us and trying out the experiences we're cooking up in the lab so all feedback on the existing app or if you're interested in the beta program then please do email us seeingai at microsoft.com and if you haven't got the app already then please do go give it a try www.seeingai.com.
3: Well, this is all very exciting, Saki. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today um, to share uh, a little bit more about this um, great technology.
7: No, thank you. The pleasure as ever to talk to the community at convention.
3: Are you using Seeing AI? If you are, we'd love to know what you think. In fact, check out Teams. If you're a developer, head over to Visual Studio spend some time in windows 11 and when you do let us know what you think our disability answer desk is here waiting and hungry for the feedback that you have all of you make us better at the jobs that we do thank you for taking this journey with us it was a pleasure to introduce you to some of my friends at microsoft
1: Hi everybody. thanks for hanging um throughout that and I'm really pleased that you got to hear directly from so many of the folks that are doing the development and, and get a little bit of a sneak preview of things that are coming. Um, we have some time re- remaining and would be happy to take some questions and answers and um, see how we can continue the conversation. Also I'm very open to direct feedback that we can collect and share back to the engineers that we heard from today.
0: So Bess, you may. Unmute.
8: I would like to suggest that there be another choice in the exciting indoor navigation stuff that was discussed for people who have uh, extreme hearing loss or who are deafblind, and that would be the choice to not have the soundscape, if you want to call it that, but instead to have a mono announcement of things that are on your right or left, the waypoints, where they are, but said verbally instead of with sounds and music and and everything moving and panning and things like that. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much for that, Beth. Um, I'm going to say back what I think the feedback is so I can confirm that I'm getting it correctly. And your point is that in order to meet the entire audience and serve the needs of people with hearing loss and the deaf-blind community, there needs to be an option for a not um, sound-based and instead that there would be a mono announcement of direction left-right, is that correct?
8: Yes, yes, that, that is correct. You summarized it very well. well, thank you. Thanks for the great feedback. Okay, welcome.
0: All right, next we have Peter Heidi.
1: Hi, I'm wondering uh, for the new Teams
4: uh, upgrades, is Windows 11 necessary for that or can I still use it on Windows 10?
1: Uh, that's a great question. To have all of the newest features and the fe- new Teams features that were referenced several times coming later this year, they will be through the Windows 11 update. So they will not go um, sort of back to previous versions. So if you're thinking about what's meeting your needs and where to move forward, whether it's through uh, access through your employer or other ways, it might be a time to think about um, changing to Windows 11. And um, one option to try that out is to join the Microsoft Insider Program as a way to test that as well. Thank you. Thank you. I um, will just take a minute to share a couple of the resources that were referenced in the call. If you're looking for more details, we have a support page that goes through the accessibility tools currently in Teams, um, and that's available at support.microsoft.com. So you can test, you can click Team, you can select Teams, and then um, learn about the accessibility tools there, including Um, keyboard shortcuts. That's a great place to have if you're a a frequent user of Teams and you're looking to understand new updates and tools, we recommend that. Um, Also sharing that the Disability Answer Desk is the go-to in terms of problem solving when you're running into a challenge with Microsoft products, when you're wondering about an accessibility feature, when you're having an issue Um, connecting with other assistive technology that you're using, we'd love to help and support resolving that. We'd also love to hear the feedback so we can do technical um, fixes. You heard some of that referenced in how Braille and Narrator and other outside uh, aftermarket screen readers um, haven't previously worked together. So that's critical feedback that came from the community through the Disability Answer Desk. And then um, just also mentioning the Windows Insider Program, if you're a person that likes to be on like cutting edge of what's coming next that's um, an opportunity to see things before they're in the general market. Looks like um, there are a couple more questions, so I'll pause. Uh, it's Nikki. Nikki. Those, um, um, give me one second. Those um, uh, Seeing AI, um, indoor navigation it would be really neat to have that in outdoor navigation and what would be really neat with that is like my husband goes to the mailbox and then he will get his mail and then he'll start to veer because there's this place where you can't shoreline and he'll get caught up in a parking lot and it would be nice to have some kind of a beacon that you could do and it might be harder outdoors i don't know but it would be nice to have a soundscape that he could use since Soundscape isn't anymore, and they're incorporating some of that into seeing AI so that you could get back, you know, he could find his way back to the apartment, you know, stuff, stuff like that, even in a place where you can't use GPS or something. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Yeah, that makes great sense. Um, it's a very helpful feedback. I, I know that has been raised before, but it's actually incredibly helpful to hear you say it because I can report back. Um, another request for that. And and it's that demand that really drives the developers to tackle these
9: problems. So thank you so much.
0: And next we have Chris, Chris
9: Schumacher. I just purchased a new computer a few weeks ago with Windows 11. And what? the previous computer I had had updated to Windows 11. So I was sort of familiar with how to do things there. But I just had a terrible time getting this new computer set up in the fact that a lot of things were in different places. It used to have a real straightforward way of letting Windows know what your default apps were, you know, for your email and your browser and all that. Um, I also had a problem when wanting to put JAWS on my computer. Um, They actually had to sort of unlock it because Microsoft had it locked not to be able to load JAWS just a lot of different things that I'm wondering why did that change um there's issues of focus and I don't know if that's JAWS where I can be reading an email and all of a sudden my thing is is my focus is is on the desktop or um just a lot of different things that are in different places with with different (laughs) you know ways of doing things that, Is there a tutorial that we should have had to know how to deal with Windows 11, those kinds of changes and so on and so forth? I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's um,
1: really helpful. I'm first of all, I'm sorry that it's been a frustrating experience. I I I, I can relate to those challenges. Um, can you help me understand a little bit more, particularly about the JAWS unlock and how you solved for that? Is that something that you got help from the disability answer desk or because that um, it's not how it should happen. So I'm very interested in making sure that we collect that and what the solve was so that we can help figure out what went wrong.
9: I think it was Freedom Scientific that had okay. that I had called them to say, I'm trying to download JAWS. and. They said something about an S mode or something like that, that they were able to to get it so that I could uh, get JAWS. Okay. Um,
1: To the overall experience, I will definitely share that. I don't have good answers on the why. Um, I feel like there's probably layers of technical questions there. It is a piece that um, the Disability Answer Desk would be happy to talk through for you and probably is that um, resource in terms of what are the first steps to make sure that those settings and sort of establishing your new computer is working to match your previous experience and your preferences. So I would recommend that, but it even, um, it sounds like you've gotten to some level of of your needs resolved. So that's fantastic, but it's helpful to hear. And I will definitely be sharing back this experience because it, it gives us some things to look at because you're you're raising a really good point about if it's not clear and intuitive and if there are some changes that create significant navigation problems.
9: I mean, it kind of feels like I, I know one of the things that I've heard people say, and I've noticed it, you can set any number of browsers, you know, to be your default browser. But when you click on a link, say in an email, it's going to take you to Microsoft Edge. That there's sort of a, a thing. And I don't mind because I like Microsoft Edge. But, uh, you know, there, there's all these little things that have started happening with these latest versions of Windows 11 that were not happening before. And I was just curious to know, you know, you, you get to know what they are and you learn how to deal with them. And I have. I've got my computer set up fine now. But I'm just curious that, you know, that these changes have happened and, and they're, they're different.
1: Uh, uh, you know, I think when I've sat in some of the conversations with our engineering teams, you know, some of it is there's a reason or an idea, and then often there's unintended unintended consequences. So to make X uh issues significantly better, things happen that we wouldn't think about. Um and so it's just incredibly helpful to hear about the user experience and what's challenging about it, and and to hear that something we think is an improvement isn't always experienced as an improvement. So it's very helpful and um really appreciate sort of all the levels of it and in particular the jaws piece because um we i know
2: for sure that we want that to work really well all right now looks like we're clear on hands and you got about seven minutes about shared the um
1: a- ability to give feedback directly and to get on the um, very coveted list of knowing when Seeing AI is on Android, which is email to seeing it at ai at microsoft.com. So encourage you to share that with other folks, particularly um, Android users who may have been waiting um, because it's been a couple months since we've, the, the rumor wheel has started that it's coming soon. And so knowing um, that people can get the most current information may be helpful. Um, Similar helpful to know that you can look at some previews of what's coming faster in in the new teams and how some of those features um, will look in terms of accessibility. And it goes back to um, our first question about versions because some folks have preferences so it might be helpful to start thinking about what's coming in the next version of Teams in particular, if that's part of your everyday life, uh, like it is for mine or your work life, also true for me. Um, it's helpful to, to be thinking about the settings and what we'll all need to be um, most effective in the new um, Teams. I'm lucky enough to have gotten some uh, previews of it. And I have to say some of the the features seem to make my life work better. So I'm excited to see everybody else get those chances. I'll pause to see if there's um, any final questions or comments, input. Um, Again, I'm going to be in person in Chicago, but if you are not and you wanted to reach out um, personally, I'm happy to connect. Um, It's pretty easy to find me. Um, My name is Rylan Rogers and my email is rylanrogers at microsoft.com. It's R-Y-L-I-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S at Microsoft.com. I'll spell it again. R-Y-L-I-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S at Microsoft.com. It looks like Tiffany has a question.
8: Yeah, I just wanted to make the comment. I really appreciate the barcode feature on seeing AI, especially for somebody whose hands aren't necessarily the steadiest. So that audio feedback is very helpful. And uh, you know, if you use it long enough, it gets to where you can get pretty good with it. So I, I appreciate that. It's uh, one of the Those small things, you know, smaller detail, but it goes a long way.
1: That's great to hear. I have loved that and have really appreciated now the partnership with lots of brands. Um, I am not blind, but I regularly use Seeing AI when I am in a pharmacy or a drugstore and looking for my choices and over-the-counter cough drops because with the brands loading the information into the barcode now, I get way more product information than I can get any other way. And I I tell all of my friends that there are resources in this. Um, And I I have colleagues who um, have, like myself, learning disabilities or other challenges with print and seeing AI with that product information
2: has been really helpful. I'm not seeing any others. Since we have about two minutes left, would you like me to go ahead and give out the ending code?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, Again, we look forward to continuing the conversation and are so grateful for your time and and wish you um, lots of great information with the rest of the conference. And um, we'll continue the partnership and I'll pass it to Travis.
0: All right. I'm going to give out the ending continuing education code. I will repeat this twice and only twice. So repeat the first time in about three seconds now. 96940. 96940.
1: Nine, With that, we'll close this session and um, wish you all a great evening and a great rest of the conference. Thanks so much.